deep in London's beating heart lies a wall I'd like do it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to Shriekcast No longer a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans I'm your host Cece And I'm Liz And Liz, we have a huge, huge announcement to dig into here. We missed a really, really exciting development in the world of fiction. Great. I can't wait to hear about it. I, I can't wait to share it with you. It's from our it's from our, our, our guy, our main man, the god, the 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 master of fiction, James Patterson, his new release. Hey, that's so exciting. <laughs> um <laughs> I didn't know even know he could write books anymore, but he still got it. The book is called Holmes, Marple, and Poe. Oh, no. The greatest okay. crime-solving team of the 21st century. Oh, wow. That sounds great. What could it be? What could it be about? Crime, murder, who are you going to call? In New York City, three intriguing, smart, and stylish private investigators open Holmes, Marple, and Poe investigations. Who are these detectives with famous names and mysterious, untraceable pasts? Brendan Holmes, the brain, identifies suspects via deduction and logic. Margaret Marple, the eyes, possesses powers of observation too often underestimated. August Poe, the muscle, chases down every lead, no matter how dangerous or dark. The agency's daring methodology and headline-making solves attract the attention of NYPD detective Helena Gray. Her solo investigation into her three unknown competitors rivals the best mysteries of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Agatha Christie, and Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, I bet. I bet it does. I want to read it so bad. Well, I have I have some good news for you. There is mm-hmm. quite a lengthy sample available. Oh, thank God. Would you like to read a few chapters? And, and remember, this is a James Patterson book, so a few <laughs> chapters is like six pages. I would love to. I'm so excited. I, I saw this and I was freaking the fuck out. This this is like this, this is like the best day ever. <laughs> okay, let me see. Uh, can you guess how many chapters are in this book? Like just 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 take a ballpark guess on on. Oh gosh, a hundred and. 112. Wow, you are really close. Uh, 118. Wow, I was really close. Yeah, really within spitting distance there. That's that's crazy. Okay, so the book, of course, begin begins with a with a with a quote from Agatha Christie. Very few of us are what we seem. A famous quote. Chapter one. Last year. The vacant industrial space that realtor Gretchen Wick was trying to unload was located in a recently gentrified Brooklyn neighborhood called Bushwick. Oh, I've never heard of Bushwick. Thank you for explaining. (laughs) The area was becoming trendier by the month, but this particular building was cold and dead and apparently unsellable. Gretchen had been sitting at her sales table on the first floor since noon, tapping her nails while she stared out through a grime-coated window. In five hours, she had not been visited by a single prospect. The property consisted of 9,000 square feet on two levels, but it was a run-down and needed a lot of work. At this point, Gretchen felt like the worn wood floors and flaking brick walls were mocking her. She checked her watch. In exactly two minutes, her open house would officially be a bust. Then she heard the front door open. Hello? 
A voice from the entry hall. Gretchen's pulse perked up. She pushed back her chair and walked briskly towards the door, her three-inch heels clicking on the hardwood. She rounded the corner to the entryway. It's you, said a tall, light-skinned black man in a camel overcoat. For a second, Gretchen was thrown. Then the man pointed at the folding sign in the foyer, the one with Gretchen's face plastered on it. Right. Yes, said Gretchen, turning on her best smile. Positive ID. She held out her hand. Gretchen Wick, Lexington Realtor. Realty. Brendan, said the visitor. Brendan Holmes. He had large brown eyes and a neatly shaved head. Gretchen did her routine two-second overview. Coat. Expensive. Well-tailored. Shoes. Alexander McQueen. (laughs) This guy might be a looky-loo, but at least he didn't seem like a total waste of time. And right now, he was the only game in town. Welcome to your future, said Gretchen. She waved her arm towards the open space. Then she heard the door opening again. Sorry, have I missed it? Another male voice. This time it was a fit, compact man with wavy dark hair and the kind of thin mustache that can either look silly or sexy, depending on the owner. (laughs) Well, which is it? Which is it? Yeah. Uh, On him, Gretchen thought it worked, kind of brooding and rakish at the same time. Nice. Most, Most important, he was another prospect. The day was looking up. You're in luck, she said, right under the wire. I'm August. August Poe. Soft voice with a solemn tone and the slightest wisp of liquor on his breath. I'm Gretchen, said the agent. She paused for a second as the name is registered. Wait, first somebody named Holmes and now (laughs) Poe? What were the odds? Or was this some kind of... Also, are those really crazy odds? Because Poe is a... Poe's detective character wasn't named Poe. Right. So that's a that's a leap to make on two names. Like, Holmes, you know, that's like a normal name. You know, famous character. But, like, you, there's people named Holmes. Sure. Poe, again, yeah. I don't Seems unrelated. Before Gretchen could ask any questions, both men walked ahead of her into the main space. She caught an up and launched into her spiel, the same one she'd been practicing at her lonely table all morning. Gentlemen, you're looking at the very best in Bushwick. Late 19th century construction, slate roof, terracotta details, original skylights. Pardon me, anyone home? The door again. A female voice this time with a charming British accent. Oh, I hold, excuse me, I'll let me go back. Pardon me, anyone home? There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Gretchen switched on her greeting smile again, even more excited. Two minutes ago, she had zero prospects. Now, suddenly, she had three. Am I too late? The woman asked. Not at all, said the realtor. I'm Gretchen. I'm Margaret Marple. Hold on, thought Gretchen. Holmes, (laughs) Poe, and now Marple? Poe is kind of the odd one out, huh? Also, I'd like you to guess where where was the chapter break in what I just read you? Because there was one. Oh, it could be anywhere. Um... Gosh, I wish I could go back because I'm like positive I could identify it, but I wasn't I wasn't looking for it. I bet it was after second guy showed up. Close. Uh, was it after like the first guy said, like, anyone there? Ooh, OK, close. But no, it was it was when um, the third one showed up and Gretchen said I had or, or she's she went, I have zero prospects. Now, suddenly she had three. Oh, good one. Uh, good place uh, for a chapter break. <laughs> and then the conversation between her and Marple just sort of continued. <laughs> um, this appears to take place in a world where. Uh, the detectives are like known. People are aware of those fictional characters, it sounds like. Yeah. 
in that situation, you're the protagonist of the story. And it's like, what do you say? Like, oh, it's weird that two of you are fictional detectives and you are an author. You're an author who did have a detective character. It maybe it wasn't his like most famous thing. He's more famous for his horror fiction, but he did also write mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she registered a quick impression of the new arrival. Attractive, but not flashy. Minimal makeup. Tweed skirt with an inexpensive top. The accent was refined. The look was practical. I have to ask, said Gretchen, your names. Tell me something, said Holmes, ignoring the impending question. He was picking up a piece of loose mortar from a brick wall. Why is it still on the market? Gretchen cleared her throat. I'm sorry, what? Never mind the names. She had some selling to do. Your price per square foot dropped from six forty-five to five ninety in two weeks," said Holmes. "So I'm just wondering." He stopped mid-sentence and wrinkled his nose. "What is that smell?" Gretchen realized that she was now playing defense. "Well, the building used to be a bakery," she said. "Maybe it's that." "No," said Holmes. "said firmly, moving towards the other side of the room. This is recent and quite caustic." When he reached the large factory window on one side of the space, he pushed the bottom half open and leaned out. There was a tattoo parlor next door," he said. "It was a statement, not a question." Poe and Marple walked over to join Holmes at the window. Gretchen was familiar with the view, and it wasn't great. Her prospects were looking at the neighborhood neighboring building, a one-story wreck with a corrugated door sealing the front. Plastic bins and trash littered a small paved area at the rear. I can check the property record, said Gretchen, trying to glide past the unsavory subject. I know it's unoccupied at the moment. Pass, said Holmes. Pardon? Oh, sorry, P-A-H's, I guess. Uh, uh... Polycyclic ar aromatic hydrocarbons used in black inks. They have a funny bit of a car tire taint. Funny, said Gretchen. I don't smell a thing. I'm hyperosemic, said Holmes. Blessing and a curse. <laughs> Gretchen realized she was quickly losing control of the tour. Sorry, I don't. Unnaturally acute sense of smell, said Holmes. A genetic fluke. Well, maybe we should check out the second floor, Gretchen hinted, pointing towards a rusted metal staircase. Poe gestured gracefully. Ladies first. Gretchen took the lead, praying that the corroded treads would support the weight of four people. The second floor was as wide open and empty as the first, except for a scattering of abandoned office furniture. Take your time, said Gretchen. Any questions, just ask. As Marple ran a finger across a dusty bookshelf, Holmes dipped to one knee and scratched a low plank with his fingernail. Low-grade pine. He oh, he's doing witcher shit now. He's... That's right. Hmm... Low-grade pine. He pulled a small metal ball from his pocket, placed it on the floor, and watched it roll lazily toward the wall. 2.5 centimeter slope, he added with a frown. Gretchen was trying to decide which of the three she should focus on. Holmes was clearly a fastidious nitpicker, maybe even obsessive. Marple seemed quiet and thoughtful. Poe was harder to read. Gretchen studied his face as he pulled open the top drawer of a creaking metal filing cabinet and peeked in. He hadn't arrived, smiled once since he arrived, but there was something darkly magnetic about him. Ooh. Just so I'm clear, Gretchen asked, realizing her three prospects might be shopping together. Are all of you, my God, Poe exclaimed, murder. Gretchen froze <laughs> as Poe pulled out a yellow newspaper clipping out of a file. His expression turned even more dour. Someone was killed here, he said. <laughs> what? said Holmes, suddenly energized. Really? said Marple. Poe waved at the clipping. Take a look. He smoothed the scrap of newspaper on top of the file. Gretchen's gut was churning. The seller had warned her about this grim historical factoid. Damn it. She should have checked the drawers before the showing. Marple ran her finger down the article and turned to Gretchen. So it's true? Gretchen cleared her throat. I'd heard rumors, she said carefully, but it's not a rumor, snapped Holmes. It's right here in black and white. 
Gretchen stepped closer and looked over Poe's shoulder. The paper was brittle, but the type was clear. Death in a bakery, the headline read, and underneath, <laughs> young girl slain before dawn. Wow, this is this is this is unfortunate. The one-column story was accompanied by a photo of a building, the building they were in. Her throat was slit, said Poe, on the floor right below us in 1954. She was only 19. Marple winced. That poor child. Gretchen pictured her commission evaporating before her eyes. She did a quick mental calculation, ready to cut the price on the spot. Who the hell would pay almost $600 per square foot for a murder site? Before she could float a new number, all three of her prospects turned and spoke at once. We'll take it! I saw that one coming a mile away, James Patterson. <laughs> they heard a murder happen in the building and they were like, ooh, we like those. We're detectives. I love that they did like a bunch of like Sherlock smart guy stuff, like, <laughs> like, like rolling ball bearings down the floor and like smelling uh, tattoo parlors. And <laughs> But when it came down to it, they found a newspaper article that said what it did in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> they could really just be like con artists. They could have just made all that shit up. Like, um, I, I also love, like you mentioned that they did a bunch of Sherlock shit, but they, that's all they did. They specifically just did Sherlock stuff. Yeah. Like there, there wasn't any real, like, I don't, I don't know. There wasn't any, any specific Miss Marple-ing, uh, like, like most Marple affectations or, or, uh, or, or August Dupont, uh, uh, affectations. It was really just like a guy came in and did Sherlock Holmes stuff. And also his friends were there and had famous people names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I need to read this whole book. I'm really, really excited about this. Yeah, I'm I'm so like I'm trying to figure out the marketing angle here cuz we know that James is all about the marketing, is all about oh, yeah. books appealing to all ages, all demographics. Um and this seems to be like a like an SEO um like Sherlock cozy mystery uh situation yeah there's a book trailer do you want to watch it yeah i do all right here i love book trailers yeah let's take a look at this trailer on his, on his youtube account it's called imagine imagine the clever deductions Shocking surprises, surprises in Edgar Allan Poe. I does, love the surprises. He, does he not know that Edgar Allan Poe wrote detective stories? Like, is he just like, oh, and Poe? Poe's exciting. That's old. Um, I'm <laughs> like, it's such a like, it's a fake answer I would give if someone tried to quiz me. Like, what, what do you think of when you think of Edgar Allan Poe? I'd be like, all the, all the surprises. <laughs> All the shocking surprises, all the shocking surprises in, in, in post stuff. Yeah. I, I am, I'm hoping there's a video of him like talking about his, you know how he, he likes to do those like, like zoom videos where he just talks about like, here's what this book is about. Right. Like, yeah. Who it appeals oh. to the answers. Everyone. 
Yeah. Oh, he had one four months ago, but for a different book called 12 Months to Live. But he hasn't done one for Holmes, Patterson and Poe yet. Or Holmes, Patterson, Holmes, Marple and Poe. Holmes, Patterson and Poe. Now there's there's a good idea. You should just write himself into it. Here's our book. Patterson, King and. Ooh. Um, uh, what's a good third one? Uh, uh, Hoover, Colleen Hoover. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, or uh, Dan Brown. Oh, yeah. Yep. Patterson, yeah, Patterson King, King and, Brown. and Brown. Yeah, that almost sounds like a law firm that has a that has a stately uh, <laughs> it does. stately quality to it. Patterson, Patterson, Holmes and Barb. I can't do there's too many <laughs> damn last names here. Patterson King and Brown. Yeah. Uh and and they they would all be cuz just just like this it would need to be it wouldn't be them it would be like sexy like like you know 30 something XP's of them like like they've got here. Right. Um and everyone would be going like, "Wait a second, Patterson? I know that name." Brown, are you related? And they'd be like, haha, I'll never, I'll never tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> but we are having suspiciously uh, 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 related adventures. We're, we're tracking down the Holy Grail uh, or, or going, visiting the Dark Tower or something. I don't know. There's, 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 the, the, you could really do some crazy mix and match stuff with those three. Uh, we screwed it up, though, because we, we need two of them to be fictional characters from the stories, and we need one of them to be the author. So it needs oh, to be like, right. it needs to be like, uh, <laughs> ride the clown from It <laughs> and <laughs> Brown. <laughs> and the real would be like, that's so weird. What a weird coincidence. <laughs> Clown from it. <laughs> uh, uh, who the, the Pennywise? Uh, uh, I got it. I got there. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex Cross, Randall Flag, and Dan Brown uh, <laughs> teaming up. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Why not? This this is uh, you know like uh, uh, real person fiction. You know, still has like a grip over Wattpad and and uh, uh, the the you know, the book talk space. Why not? Why not start doing like like author real person fiction? You know, here's the adventures of Dan Brown. He's hanging out with Pennywise, the clown from It. <laughs> here's the thing. They'd love that. James Patterson. Yeah. He wants to. He oh. wants that so bad. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. He's he he would agree to this like immediately. He's he's down. He's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I need him, please. To God, he's cranking them out. Like so, they're you know all the the uh, the Holmes, Marple, and Poe videos are sort of grouped together. Um. Mm-hmm. But he's already on to the next thing. He's got new videos for Crosshairs, a Michael Bennett thriller. He's just cranking this shit out. Impressive. He's he is prolific. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's writing them. I think <laughs> really. he only 
I think he only writes when he's writing with a celebrity. Like, I think he wrote the one with Bill Clinton. Right. right? Like, yeah. I bet he wrote that yeah. with Bill. But. Uh, but that might be it. He has a book called Blowback. Which huh. I don't think will be as good as the podcast, if I had to guess, given that he also has a series of books called Real Cops Talk, Walk the Blue Lion, Interviews with New York's Finest. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. He has so many books. The Noise. No one outruns The Noise. Uh, there's Allie Cross books now. I, I guess Alex Cross's daughter is now a character with her own book series. I want to know about the noise. Is that like a sci-fi thing? The noise. No one outruns the noise. What's the noise? James Patterson. Uh, the noise by James Patterson. Two sisters must fight for their survival after a natural disaster in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. In the shadow of Mount Hood, 16-year-old Tennant is checking rabbit traps with her 8-year-old sister Sophie when the girls are suddenly overcome by a strange vibration rising out of the forest, building in intensity until it sweeps like a deafening crescendo of screams. From out of nowhere, their father uh, uh, shows up and drops them through a trapdoor into a storm cellar, but the sound only gets worse. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it's like it's like the reverse version of uh, that stupid movie Office Jim did. Oh, yeah. Uh, instead of you having to be instead of it being really quiet outside, it's really noisy outside. Yeah. Ow, it hurts. It's so loud. Ah, outside. It's really loud. Ah, scary. Can't huh. make a movie out of that. <laughs> you make it the world's worst audiobook out of that. <laughs> yeah. You just put like a droning sound in the background. Horrible. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> okay. Uh god, I could he has so many fucking books, but I I was just so I was so excited. I was so moved by by Holmes, Marple and Poe. I I kind of wanted to just get that and read it and see see oh, where he sure. goes with that. Yeah. You know. Three, three great detectives in one. It's like, a, you know, it's it's just a great value, really. I bet the mystery is really good. Apparently, it's like an anthology. Like, they're just solving little mysteries and hanging out. Like, it sounds kind of cute. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe this is a good one. Maybe maybe, maybe this is like a good third segment book. You know, we can just solve little mysteries with uh, Holmes, Marple and Poe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like little like three chapter mysteries. We could just read a little bit every now and then. <laughs> Wait, so are they like are there like 50 of them? <laughs> <laughs> That I don't know, because they're all just called chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter. There's no like. There's no actual like connecting thread in the chapter titles, but I, I don't know. Right. I, I imagine I imagine this is a good this is might be a good story time book here. Yeah, absolutely. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Uh, God. Well, anyway, sorry. Sorry to monopolize our, our news segment with air, but but I was just so moved. Is there anything else going on? Or how's your week been since we last recorded? I have done uh, nothing except play League of Legends and go to work. So... That's just that's just 
that's just how it is for me right that's now. That's just how it is. Yeah. How's how's Star Wars though? How's Oh, it's so good. It was it's so good. I um I I unlocked Togruta. Hell yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So I made a Togruta smuggler and I've been sort of jumping back and forth between playing uh, my smuggler and my Sith Inquisitor. But I was sort of sick of uh, being Empire a little bit. Simply too evil. It kind of sucks ass. Like, it, it feels kind of bad to play. <laughs> There's not, like, any fun bad guy stuff in it. It's just, like... Well, th- well, that's the thing, is that, like... I don't remember if I explained this already, but there's, like, two concurrent storylines. There's, like, the Empire storyline and then the, like, Sith storyline. And the Sith storyline is all the, like, fun, like, silly bad guy stuff where you're, like zapping people with lightning and like i'm going to let the evil ghost free or whatever right and then the empire storyline is just like you're a nazi (laughs) yeah it's all just sort of like the bureaucratic side of being evil and it's like oh this isn't like this isn't like fun to do as a game no it's sort it's a downer it's like okay you're um uh, helping to occupy this planet and like, oh, you're uh, putting down a slave rebellion. Are you going to do it nice style or like torture style? I think that's actually the part that that makes it way crazier to me. I will happily play a game where like you are just like a monster, right? Like you can tell, like, I love a good story about a character who sucks, right? Yeah. It's the part where there's like the illusion of choice and there's like the nice you you can like do the nice version of it and it like rewards you for that. I'm just like, I don't know about that. You can't you can't give me good good guy points for any of this. That's just really weird. That makes no, it weird. It does. It does make it weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's less intriguing, I think. Yeah, but it's it's going great. I got I me and Kem Val are reunited. Um, Hell yeah! It's a it's I have a long way to go before I can romance him, but Mm, I'm getting there. Because you have to go. Do you have to go to a specific planet to romance him still? Because he was one of the later (laughs) editions, right? Yeah, they like so he was not romanceable in the vanilla game, and then they added some romance options later on. uh, But you only have that dialogue on certain planets because they weren't going to go back and like re-record, or rather record like new voice lines and put it and like retrofit it onto the vanilla game. So uh, I will have to uh, progress through some of the later expansions to um to romance Kim (laughs) Val. That's another amazing bit here of them not thinking that people would want to romance the like nine foot tall, scary alien who wants to eat you. That's right. Nobody was like, you know, people probably want to fuck that guy. Nope. I'm glad they put it in at least. Yeah. But yeah, no. Okay. Exciting. Togruta. That's a, that's a, a good one. That's a W. Uh, Speaking of exciting, we've got quite a pair of chapters this week. (laughs) <laughs> we sure do. Uh, do you want to take us away? You want to want to run us through the the summary here? Yeah, we'll do. Uh, we read uh, chapters twenty and twenty one. Um, jumping right into chapter twenty. Um, last time on the Hunger Games, Peta fucking died by coming into contact with an invisible force field. Um, Katniss screams and is certain that Peta is dead. Finnick knocks her back and starts doing CPR on Peta. Katniss almost shoots him, thinking he's making sure Peta is dead, then thinks he's kissing him, 
and then puts together that he's doing CPR, even though she's like never seen it before and doesn't know what it is. She like figures out the mechanics of it. Uh, Peta is alive again, uh, and they basically carry on once he's uh, sort of recuperated. Um, Katniss leads the way because she knows the trick of the force fields, which is to look for those little weak points. But because she doesn't want to reveal to the game makers that she knows to look for the little weak points, she tells her companions that it must be uh, some super hearing she gained from when her ear was repaired after the last uh, Hunger Games. Uh, Meg starts eating some nuts they find as they're walking. Um, and Katniss starts to like throw some nuts at the force field to like make a show of like finding where it is. Um, Katniss, as they're walking, sorts of sort of starts to wonder about Finnick and why he went so out of his way to revive PETA when uh, they're in the Hunger Games. Um, they start to uh, get a little bit more serious about looking for water as they are starting to get thirsty. Katniss climbs a tree to take a look around and discovers they are essentially in a big force field dome with the water, uh, the like cornucopia wheel and water in the center and then like jungle in a, in a like circle around them. Um, uh, but because it's like salt water, they're like, we don't know where any fresh water is. Uh, and they're so thirsty, uh, but it's time to make camp. Katniss goes to hunt. She shoots like a rat thing out of a tree and notices that its snout is wet as if it had just been drinking water. But she can't figure out where it would have found it. After they eat the rat by cooking it, by throwing chunks of it against the force field. And as night falls, they see all the tributes who have already died. Um I'm not going to list them. Eight eight of, of, the, of the other tributes have died. Um, a sponsor gift arrives. It is a metal tube that is sharp and tapered on one side, but they can't figure out what it is for uh, or what it is. Um, Katniss starts resting and thinks of home, hoping that her family is safe. Suddenly it hits her. The metal tube is a spile. She remembers it from when her dad was um, using uh, spiles to sap trees for syrup. They stick it in a tree and they get a fountain of water that comes out. Finnick takes first watch overnight, but Katniss is jarred awake by 12 tolls of what sounds like a bell. The rest of them sleep through it, so only Finnick and Katniss hear it. Katniss sends Finnick to sleep. Uh, There's another cannon shot at some point in the night. Another tribute has died. It's raining, uh, which Katniss reasons creates some fog. But it turns out the fog doesn't look natural. Suddenly the fog is upon them and Katniss is in pain. It's some sort of toxic gas. Chapter 21, Katniss wakes up the others and they run as fast as they can away from the fog. Peta and Mags are falling behind. Peta because he has recently had heart failure and Mags because she's old. The fog burns, but it also targets nerves, making them lose control of limbs and spasm, etc. They try their best to keep ahead of it. Katniss carries Mags and Finnick drags Peta along. They head toward the water at the center of the arena. Katniss is not able to keep up and asks Finnick if he can take both Peta and Megs. Finnick, with tears in his eyes, says no, that he can't take them both. Megs suddenly makes a decision, gives Finnick a kiss on the mouth, and walks back into the fog and dies. The fog suddenly stops, just as Katniss thinks they're surely done for. She figures they're not just trying to kill all the tributes outright, probably. They make it to the water. Before that, though, Peta points up and says monkeys, and they observe that there are indeed a couple of monkeys in the trees. 
Katniss and Peeta wash themselves off in the salt water, which leaches the fog poison out of them and returns them to normal. Finnick is the worst off of all of them. They don't really know why. Uh, and they have to transfer water with like seashells onto his body while he lays on the beach. He eventually revives and like goes and swims around in the water and, and becomes fully well again. Um, but after a little bit, there's another problem. Katniss and Finnick began to sense a presence and alert Peeta to it very carefully. A horde of monkeys has gathered, and as soon as Peeta is alerted to their presence, they attack. They are mutations. <laughs> there is an extended monkey fight sequence where they shoot and, <laughs> they shoot and stab monkeys uh, with, you know, bow and arrow, a knife trident there are two there are simply too many monkeys Candace realizes that one of the monkeys is going to get Peta, but right at the last second the surviving morphling appears seemingly out of thin air and quote throws up her skeletal arms as if to embrace the monkey and it sinks its fangs into her chest that's the end of the chapter Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How how did I not get spoiled on this? I didn't get spoiled on werewolves and I didn't get spoiled on them being attacked by a bunch of like, like evil orangutans in this in this book. Writing about war. Writing about war. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get why. This isn't stuff that I'm just hearing about constantly. You know how people people like they they know everything, everything silly that happened in the Star Wars prequels or, you know, I hear about the 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 fridge and Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull all the time. I mean, I'm hearing about the wacky parts of every story I've never in my life heard about. Hey, remember the part in the Hunger Games where they like have to knife fight a bunch of monkeys? So many monkeys. Yeah, it should be like the Twilight baseball scene, right? Like everybody knows when all the vampires got together and played baseball. And it's like, do you remember when Katniss had to shoot like 20 monkeys? Am I just wrong? Am I just reading this and going like, oh, you know, you know, actually, if I was if I was being uh, fair to this book, which I'm not even saying I didn't enjoy it. Just like, you know, you know, am am I am I? exaggerating how weird this felt am i wrong about how like out of nowhere this felt or is it because that there's way crazier stuff happening that people talk about that's coming later oh who knows even more bonkers than a monkey attack because i just i i've heard so many things about the about this series i i you know i i just through osmosis i i you know i i knew about like the violence and people really like you know it being responsible for like making bows in like games and 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 action movies and stuff cool you know like 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 there there's a lot of elements of the hunger games that i that i knew about and i just never in my life ever heard anyone say like oh i'm reading the new hunger games uh book uh, i just got to the part where they're chased by evil monkeys and also a zombie from 28 days later appears and saves them from the monkeys <laughs> I, they must so they must have cut this from the movie because there's no way that like a clip of jennifer lawrence being attacked by like a bunch of cg monkeys wouldn't like have made the rounds right <laughs> right yeah yeah like I, like I can't Google it. Like I, I like maybe maybe there is, and maybe we're in for a real treat when we get to the second movie. You know, mm-hmm. 
but but yeah, I would I would imagine that like uh, ten times a day. I would see if it was real, I would see like a gif of Jennifer Lawrence, like like stabbing a monkey with a K bar and see like they're doing this to you in the in the quote tweets, sis, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that just seems like it just seems like a thing, a thing that would be really like important to, to have uh, uh, CGI orangutans fighting Josh Hutcherson. I don't know. I like. I just. I. I hope it's there. By God, I hope it's there. But I've never seen that, and I'm not going to look it up until I see the movie. But oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and it's like one. It's. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't heard one of these two things, which is like check out this this gif of Jennifer Lawrence getting attacked by monkeys or book readers being really disappointed that they cut the monkey fight scene out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. That's the other part. Are there, you know, if 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 they didn't have the monkeys, I like, you know, like 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 whenever we would see the like the the sort of like uh upvote bait threads on the Harry Potter subreddit that were like, "How come Dumbledore, you know, you know, you know uh, Dumbledore said calmly or whatever with with a gif of him yelling at, at, in the fourth movie. Would would people not be doing that with like, where were the monkeys? Where were the the orangutans that were attacking them in this scene? Yeah, like we don't I can't believe Katniss's uh, character development with the monkey stuff left out. <laughs> the thing is, what 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 I want so badly to be true is that this is in the movie and and we do get like an extended like burly brawl with Katniss and <laughs> and Finnick and 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 uh Peta with with a bunch of CGI creatures. Um I hope it's real. If it is, nobody please for the love of god nobody tell me. I I can't I can't <laughs> I can't have this spoiled for me. I need to I need to go into the second movie and 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 have any potential monkey business be a surprise. I I just I I I hope that I have just somehow dodged a crazy bullet by not ever seeing this. Um maybe no one has seen it cuz everyone fell asleep from the fog attack scene. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little that's a little less exciting, I think. <laughs> I'm not interested in a fog attack. Wasn't really exciting, I don't know. An evil cloud. What if they were chased by the monkeys and then had a monkey brawl afterward? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz I think that's why I think that's the thing that that makes it feel a little less exciting is that, like I, I really am enjoying how the terrain and, and like most of the obstacles for as ridiculous as like the monkey thing is like, I do like that. It's all sort of like themed, you know, like they, they've got like a like a, a water area down in the bottom and then they've got this rainforest surrounding in the tree. It's like a, like the trees have the water in them and stuff like mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like I think the effects of it are cool and scary, but as as just as something to move the characters from point A to point B, it's just like not super exciting to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it, it feels a bit perfunctory, like, like yeah, especially especially with Mags having to give a heroic sacrifice in it. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like speed. It's like speed running like this kind of scene in a, in a in a story, right? Like, OK, they have to be pursued by something. Someone needs to give themselves up to let the others go. OK, we, uh, but what I really want to get to is the part where the monkeys fight them and also a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> 
did, did the mag's death get you at all? Like, no. Why would it? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Character who hasn't done or really said anything. I mean, like, I guess it was charming that they were like carrying this sort of like badass old lady around, but like, we we did not spend enough time with her for this to like. We've spent a decent amount of time, I guess, just because, like, we've been so busy and, like, we're reading this very, very slowly. But, like, can you imagine if you just, like, read, like, we are we are three chapters into the fight or into the like the Hunger Game now. Like, w- would that be enough time for you to, like, care about Mags, really? I don't, I don't think so, really. She doesn't get to speak. Like, it, the one, I, I, I can only think of, like, one time that they ask her a question and it's when they have the little, like, tree device and they're like hey can you fish with this and it doesn't even like give her dialogue to respond it just says like Katniss just like she said she didn't know what it was yeah yeah it's it's odd because I feel like you know it's it's meant to be a heartstring tugger and like like on paper like yeah it, it's sad someone who didn't need to die did horribly in a in a in a, in a cruel game but just in in like like how it's presented in the story and like like what what it means for their team, you know, like there's there's not like a oh, like, well, she had to do that. But now the team doesn't have the like the heist crew isn't missing someone here. Right. Which is like, you know, obviously the point is it's sad when someone dies, but just like like from the from the point of like, is the story exciting? I'm just like, oh, OK, well, there she goes, I guess. They, they never have the conversations, right? Katniss is like catches us up as if the conversation had Mm -hmm. happened where she's just like, oh, Meg said that she ate them in the last Hunger Games, so it must be fine. Um, But we didn't get the conversation of, and that could be like a humanizing moment of her talking about the Hunger Games that she was in and survived (laughs) and now has to be in a new Hunger Games at like 80 years old or however old she is. And she's like eating the same nuts as when she ate nuts for three days in the harrowing Hunger Games of her youth or whatever. But no, we don't get that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a little that just all feels a little rushed. I will say I did like um, I like like in general, like like setting aside just how goofy and, and funny the like the the ape attack is. There's some fun creativity with like uh, like the the setup of of, of this jungle. The, like I, I mentioned the water in the trees thing. I think that's cute. Um, but also like them them like being resourceful in, in creative ways. Like I, I liked the, I liked the cooking stuff on the force field bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked the, where is the water puzzle that Katniss had to solve? Even, even if, if it was solved by like the most literal deus ex machina possible, I, I, I did enjoy that sort of like, yeah, her having to figure that out and the clues about like, Oh, well this thing was wet, but I didn't see any water and there's no streams anywhere. And it's like that, that was, that was fun. Like, like fun twists on like the hatchets, the hatchet stuff in the first one just wasn't that engaging, but not, not the, the, like I would never find it interesting, but because the hunger game was so, so sort of vaguely described and so vaguely presented as just sort of like, well, they're in like a field with some woods, but here, the hatchet stuff sort of being turned on its head a little bit and being like, okay, well like normal hatchet skills aren't really all you need here. You do need to do some like out of the box thinking. I, I, that that's really cute. I I like that aspect a lot. Mm -hmm. Even if it does lead to some really goofy 
again, again, sort of another Deus Ex Machina thing of just like, uh, how do we get rid of the 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 nasty uh, uh, nerve gas? Oh well, I guess I guess like salt water, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll degoo you. Okay, like it's all a bit convenient, but it's at least exciting and like and fun that it's like all. I, I guess it, I guess it serves to make it all feel more like a like a designed game, even if it is all a little random. It's like. Yeah, this is how games are designed, right? Like, you need to, if Mario's butt touches the lava, you need to get him in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it being a designed thing and feeling designed is probably, is like, I guess, how you get around with the frustration of it feeling random, right? And it is, yeah. this is even like, oh, they can't just like kill us all with poison gas. That would be like the suckiest game ever. Yeah, them them actually thinking about it as a game and, and and that stuff all all being designed like a game that that's a lot stronger in this one I think. Similarly, what what do you think of Katniss sort of like coming up with that clever ish like oh I it must be my new hearing implant doing this. I loved that she like made them listen. Yeah, that was super cute. I loved that. That was really fun. And I also like not like a huge like like an earth shattering decision but i do like that she was like i'm sort of throwing the guy who designed this under the bus too yeah hell yeah a, a little nasty decision from katniss there a little bit i thought that was cool like she mm-hmm. sort of was just like hmm, well this will take the heat off of me and onto this other guy yeah good for her yeah that's the i mean that's the stuff i want to see in the hunger games in the cruel in the cruel nasty game where people are made to fight to survive i want to see some nasty decisions it's like the first one we've gotten out of her really yeah yeah i kind of like her not nasty decision but where she thought about leaving Peta behind where that was like her mm-hmm. impulse because like of course that survival impulse is strong and that she had to fight against that instead of not acknowledging it at all was kind of kind of cool yeah, yeah, that was a really nice moment too. Uh, I, like her sort of like weighing whether or not to kill Finnick when he was doing CPI. Like there, there's just I, I, I like how I, the, the the design of this game is 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 allowing her to like do more interesting character stuff and kind of be a little more off balance than she was in the first one, where it was just like, oh well, I you know I know how to do this because I'm like a really good hunter, right? Like now now her like survival skills are not actually the thing that is like most necessary here, and and that's that's putting her in some fun positions. Yeah, yeah, because she did. I feel like she was like real um, rewarded for like being good in the in the woods that are like her house woods or whatever but like she wasn't prepared for monkey attack (laughs) and also like this book is doing a much better job of making her responsible for other people in interesting ways too like mags was sort of a non-starter but Peta, as much as I dislike him and I wish that he had died, also, like, you know, let's pour one out. The dream is dead. He's back yeah. immediately. Yeah. Damn. We had a very similar scenario in the first book where he was injured and, and needed to be taken care of. Um, but she could, like, just, like, how many times did she leave him in that cave and just go and do other stuff? Like, <laughs> She just like left him at the save point and kind of went and did her own thing with not that much tension. But this this now that they like have to keep moving and they're in a group and there's sort of a uneasy alliance between her and Finnick. I there's at least some 
there, there's a sense that she is like having to like make sacrifices and, and work around someone else as opposed to just leaving PETA in the cave and going and doing stuff solo. Right. Like that. That's fun. I I would like the book to go further um, and acknowledge that PETA is like the worst at the Hunger Games. <laughs> he does really suck. Because he like sucks ass at the Hunger Games and he did in the first one and he does in this one. And I so wish that it was like acknowledged as a thing where Katniss is like, I have to make the person who is the worst at the Hunger Games win the Hunger Games. Because that's <laughs> a like really fun element to me mm-hmm. because I find like her like self-sacrificing attitude kind of like kind of a snooze fest but if there was that like sort of dark comedy element of like he's so bad at it but i have to make him win (laughs) yeah there there is a moment that comes close to that where she's like i'll go hunting and he's like i'll come with you and she just goes no that's fine (laughs) like 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 her, her narration is like you know, there was an unspoken like you'd be too loud or whatever, which is kind of fun. But yeah, the, yeah. the idea that she has to prop up like the worst Hunger Games player to win the Hunger Games is a, is a really fun sort of comedic element. Yeah, it, but it's so I know that there everyone in the Hunger Games right now is like a winner of the Hunger Games. But was Finnick originally a career I think he was. I think that was mentioned that district. Okay. He's from district two. He's district four. Yeah. So I think that he is a career. Uh, yes. They okay. So eventually, alongside district one and two, district four began to train career tribute. So I, I, I think that he counts as a career. No wonder he's so badass. That's he's pretty fucking cool. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. He was carrying people as best he could. And he I mean, he, I want to see him fight uh, like a like a monkey with a trident. That sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I like Finnick. I he, I just kind of like Finnick. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got some rough edges. I mean, I, oh, by the way, do you think so? I, I, I'm putting a point in. I think that he knows Katniss is bullshitting about the pregnancy. Yep, 100%. I, I 100% believe that. Yeah, because there's that really funny line where he's like, like, he's like trying to say something like, like really misogynist and just can't go through with it. Like, he's clearly <laughs> just like being sarcastic. He just goes like, oh, she's being so hysterical because of the hormones from the baby. Like, just saying it out loud. Like, right. <laughs> like, like, like someone is listening type shit. Like, oh, uh, it is because of the baby. I am being sexist. Right. Like, just really half. Yeah, half-hearted. he knows. He knows. Also, like right before that, he punched, he like pushed her in the stomach to get her away from PETA so he could do CPR. Yeah, he like blasted her backwards, like anime style. <laughs> yeah, the description there is really funny. It's like he, he he like knocked her in the chest so hard that she like flew back against a tree. It's like that video of the guy <laughs> touching the two toasters that's been going around, like the <laughs> just shooting straight backwards into the tree. Yeah, I I my money is on he knows and he's just like playing it up. Because because that really conspicuous line where he's just like, oh, it's probably the hormones because of the baby. It's just like he's reading it off a cue card. The only other possibility I can think of is that it is um, my reminder that she's pretending to be pregnant because I would have forgotten pretty much immediately. There is that later 
bit. Is it when she's hunting where she just re- she like suddenly remembers that she has to pretend to be pregnant and like doubles over and goes like, ooh, or whatever. That's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of her being so bad at pretending to be pregnant that it's just like not working on anyone. <laughs> like, like, like I would love to know if like the broadcasts of her uh, 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 in the in the Capitol right now are just like, well, let's see how long she'll keep pretending <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> It's a, it's a wrinkle that makes that bizarre element work a little better for me, I think. Yeah. I still truly don't know. I, I, the, the reaction she had to PETA doing that and her being like, oh, it made me feel so empowered and like feeling so moved. But I was just like, I, I'm still really chewing on that one. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, not 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 my favorite element, but I, I do at least like that she seems to be very, very bad at, at keeping this act up, which 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 is is a lot of fun to read. Yeah. Speaking of that CPR scene, mm-hmm. there's a really important element of of Katniss's character here that I want to dig into. Yeah. Is Katniss Everdeen a Fujoshi? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was she was really into Finnick giving giving Pete a CPR. Yeah, yeah, because her reaction because her first reaction is bizarre because she's kind of established that Pete is like like completely dead, and then, like Finnick goes and pinches his nose, and Cat is like, oh, he's making sure that he's dead, and so she like raises her bow at him, and then they start kissing, and she's like, oh, huh. What? <laughs> she literally goes like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> she's like really excited about this. She's uh, all of a sudden, she's like, hold on. Maybe let him cook. Like she's kind of excited <laughs> about this. Yeah. I will I will buy it just to like make the water district stuff like like the 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 district different it's probably worth it to like have it as just sort of like here's a distinction between the districts right like this one they're in the water so much they're doing CPR all the time but like they weren't doing CPR in the coal mine where like rocks are falling on people you know people getting knocked out that's like that that I was a little maybe a little incredulous about but uh whatever right like yeah. not that it's I don't know. I, I wish I had more of a handle on like common knowledge is in yeah their world kind of. And like, obviously, you can't cover like every little thing. Katniss saw a monkey in a picture book and knew what a monkey was. Right. Yeah. I didn't even make that connection. She's she she knows what a monkey is like. The, like information is proliferated enough for that. But but not CPR. That that's. Odd? I don't know. Well, and she'd even okay, she even seen her mom do it. Or oh, like, yes, yeah. So to be just completely clueless on what it is. Also, I can think of no more of a like um, dreary dystopian uh, public school class than like a health class with those CPR dummies. Um, so I'd like to think that they do that at Cole School. <laughs> those are really scary. Those things. Yeah. Did you ever do like CPR certification in, in like middle school or anything I like did, that? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those that was that was I I got really upset about that because it was um it was on Wednesday afternoons and it Wednesday was normally our like early release day. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but but it, it became a full day when we had to go to the CPR training thing. Oh, yeah. Sucks. I hate learning how to save people's lives. Ugh, that was me, you know, me, Ugh. age, me, age twelve or whatever. Just like, oh god, I have to go learn stuff. Stupid. <laughs> um, from where I sit, I pull an arrow, whip the notch into place, and I'm about to let it fly when I'm stopped by the sight of Finnick kissing Peta. And it's so bizarre, nice. even for Finnick, that I stay my hand. Hmm. <laughs> She's going to like, she's going to like, they're going to like be hanging out later. And she's going to be like, oh, I think PETA needs CPR again, Finnick. <laughs> he's, delir- he's delirious. Maybe you need to get CPR again. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Happy for her. Um, I just can't get over the monkeys thing. It's so cool. I, uh, this, this book rocks. We've, we've got, we've got evil mutant monkeys fighting fighting our heroes i i i'm never making fun of writing about war again this is this is it this is war right here it's it's this when war? it's when you have to do karate moves on a, on, a, on an evil <laughs> an evil orangutan chasing you and then you get rescued and then like the morphling just being a zombie is awesome yeah completely out of nowhere it just appears in the last paragraph to save them Non- complete nonsense. I I loved it. I I had so much fun reading this. I I I hope that there's just more crazy stuff coming because this 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 truly delivered. I'm so happy I never had this spoiled for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mutation thing is the only difference between them and like regular monkeys is like how aggressive they are. Or I guess they 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 move as one, right? Yeah. They're kind of like. I don't Maybe know. Maybe they're like a hive mind or something. I just, I, I also found that odd because I was like, monkeys are like, some of them are plenty aggressive. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the, like a, like a, like a chimpanzee or a baboon or whatever. If you piss it off, if you go, go in its territory, they, they will, they will fuck you up. They are not, yeah. they are not, you know, they're not weak animals. But yeah, maybe these are like extra, extra vicious or they, you know, they're, they, they have, some sort of like neural link where they're all moving as like a hive of my like, pretty cool idea, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't know if like just being around a horde of monkeys will make them attack you. But I also if they if they were just normal monkeys, I wouldn't be like, oh, a monkey would never do that. Yeah. I, I guess also we don't. I, I keep saying orangutan because because uh, they're orange. Kat, yeah. Katniss points out that they're orange. But like other than that, we don't really get any specifics like we don't. We don't know exactly what kind they are or, or like, you know, because there are there are there are certainly ones that are like more territorial than others, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, them being mutations, I'd be curious. Maybe maybe we'll learn something about maybe they maybe they're vampires. Maybe they bite you because you know, they're because the morphling took a bite to the chest. Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe she'll like join the monkey horde next. Right. Oh, like, that'd it's be cool. A, yeah. Yeah. It's like if you get bitten by one, you like join their like. They're like monkey death ball or something. Well, um, the werewolves at the end of the first book were like, I still don't really understand why they were the dead tributes. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is still like my biggest Hunger Games mystery as to what that could possibly mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. maybe that maybe maybe they will like like morph into the morphling will morph into. Ooh. You like turn a mo- into and a monkey, like a were monkey. Like, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I, I'd buy that. I'd be into that for sure. Exciting. Exciting developments. I, I now have like some really pressing questions about the Hunger Games. You know, I, I'm engaged. I have questions like, what's with the monkeys? What kind of monkeys are they? Who <laughs> made the monkeys? What happens if you get attacked by the monkey? Etc. You know, I, it's 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 good to have good good stories make you ask questions, and I, I think that that having sort of a quiver full of new of new questions about the Hunger Games really has me excited about continuing our reading here. Um, you know those like sometimes in like YA books, um, there's like read like little like thought provoking questions in like the front or the back where yeah. it's like asking you about the themes. Yeah, it's like yeah. that, but it's just a page full of questions about the monkeys. <laughs> what did you think about the monkeys when Cadmus was attacked by the monkeys? How did that make you feel? <laughs> what do you think it says about the Capitol that they would attack children with a bunch of monkeys? <laughs> do you think you could win against a monkey in a fight? <laughs> How would you fight a monkey? <laughs> what weapon would you choose to to, to enter combat with a monkey? <laughs> oh God! Um, anything else from these chapters? No, I think that's all there was. I think that's really it. It's they were chased by gas, <laughs> and there was monkeys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, awesome. Okay. Well, in that case, shall we take it to the close and 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 go uh, go think about you know the implications and and come back with some study group questions about monkeys next week? Yeah, sounds great. All right. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast, where you can get early episodes and bonus episodes. And Liz, what will we be reading next time? We're almost done with this damn book. Yeah, getting there. Uh, We'll be reading chapters 22 and 23. All right. Well, until then, uh, yeah, just leaving the readers with some important questions. Uh, Happy Hunger Games and think about monkey safety. Happy Hunger Games. Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after if you catch a eye Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise